Welcome to the Adventure for Good podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Kim. In June 2018, we both left our careers at the age of 31 and started traveling with the mission of finding and creating work locally in the United States and around the world that inspires us while helping other people and the environment. This podcast documents our adventures as well as highlights the inspirational people that we meet along the way. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode six of the Adventure for Good podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Kim. And today we're going to be talking to you about our time in Sucre, Bolivia. We spent four weeks there in August of 2018. Before we get into that, we wanted to say that we hope everyone enjoyed the interview from our last episode, episode five. Uh, We interviewed a woman named Ruth, and she's traveling with her family in South America. She has two kids and her husband. So we found that fascinating. If you missed it, go back and listen to that and then come back and listen to this. We actually met Ruth while we were in Sucre and interviewed her in a cafe there. So that was kind of the link. Sucre is one of the two capitals of Bolivia. It is kind of in the middle of the country, middle south mm-hmm. yeah. of the country. It sits at an elevation of about 9,000 feet. I think it's a population of about 300,000 or so. It's it's a pretty cultural city. There's a lot of theaters and there's a lot of plays and parades and festivals. And they, as I said, they were one of the two capitals. But a while back, the government moved basically all of the government buildings to La Paz other than like one branch. So yeah. there's a whole bunch of government buildings there that are being repurposed. And so it's a, it's kind of a neat city. It's very pretty. Yeah. It's, it's known as the, the white city Yeah, because uh, all of the buildings are painted white. And they have very strict architectural codes. So if you want to renovate a building or build something new, you have to follow strict guidelines. So your building fits in. So it's a, it's a, it's a fun city to be in. Yeah, and we had originally not planned on going to Sucre, but when we were in Ecuador in June, we ran into a girl who had gone to Spanish school in Sucre and highly recommended it. So we decided that it would be beneficial for uh, us to go to Spanish school. And Bolivia also has a dialect of Spanish that is slower and easier to understand. So we thought it would be a good place to start and and try to learn Spanish. Also, Sucre has a lot of Spanish schools. So we chose and, one. And some of the lower costs. Yes, exactly. In, in all of South America. Also, yes, one of the lower cost one options. So we chose Phoenix Language School, and we'll put links on our website. It was a great experience. So we spent one month there. It was four hours of Spanish school every day for five days a week with just us two and one teacher. So private lessons for 20 hours a week, plus an apartment to live in plus Wednesday cooking classes, and plus Saturday sports in the morning. So all of that, and we paid right around $1,400 for two of us for a whole month. So it's not cheap, but also I think that's pretty reasonable for what we got. What was your favorite part of Spanish school? (laughs) Wow, don't sound like a robot. Robo Chris. I really enjoyed, our teacher was named Heidi, and she talked a lot about... Bolivia to us in Spanish, but she would use gestures and talk slowly so that we learned Spanish as she was also teaching us about Bolivia. And we learned way more about the country that way than I think we ever would have otherwise. That was my favorite part. 
That's a fun part. Yeah. Do you want to know what my favorite part was? Yes. What was yours? We didn't seem to want to know. <laughs> the saltinias. Or the paparinias. No, yeah, so every once in a while, one of the owners... So this, the, the neat thing about this school is a lot of the schools in Sucre are owned by, like, a company. Um, but Phoenix is owned... It's a, it's a cooperative. Like, nine different teachers got together and decided to start the school, and they just own it as a group. So it's really neat. They all are very involved in it. And so one of them... It does more of management roles and not the teaching. And so every once in a while, she would go and get us snacks in the morning. So one yeah. of our favorites was Papa's Reyenas, which is stuffed potatoes. And they would be stuffed with cheese or something. And then fried. And then fried. So very healthy <laughs> and delicious at the same time, and which is hard to do. And then hot sauce on top, like yeah. salsa. Oh, they were delicious. So I liked the Papa's Reyenas, and I liked going and playing... Volleyball, which is like volleyball, but in a squash court. Yeah, inside volleyball, but you so, can play off the walls. So that was fun. I liked that. And cooking class was fun, so I liked it all. Yeah, all of it? All of it. You never got frustrated with the Spanish? Nope. No. <laughs> no, it was perfect. Our Spanish teacher did ask us a few times to tell her about things from the United States in Spanish, which was hard because... Because the thing she wanted to know about, we didn't know anything about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, public school education. <laughs> we knew some of the basics. So she asked things about the presidents and that type of stuff, which we knew the basics. But trying to explain that in Spanish is very difficult. But overall, I think the Spanish school was definitely worth it. We ended up learning a lot more than I think we would have otherwise. So what did we do besides Spanish school? Freeze. Yeah, why? <laughs> so that that's an interesting thing. One of the so we were there in the winter, mid, basically the right in the middle of winter. Yeah, end of July, early August. And being at nine thousand feet and sort of where it was located, the the days were, I think, all but three days. We had crystal clear blue skies and crystal clear nights with tons of stars but in the day it would get up to about 65 and at night it would drop down into the 30s because it was basically in the middle of the desert yeah high and, altitude desert and so yeah so we our apartment none of the buildings have insulation and none of the buildings have heat so you just spend a lot of time under blankets and the trying best, to stay warm. The best part was we did have hot water, which we were very thankful for. So we got hot showers. Most of the time. But there were times that we had to dry our socks in the oven. Yeah. <laughs> we would we would do laundry and then it would get caught in the rain outside on the line. And so we'd have to try to dry some things. Yeah, there was there was one weekend, a very special weekend of rain. It was our anniversary. And it was also the first time it had snowed in Sucre in over 20 years. Yeah, something like that. And so that was fantastic that we got to witness that. I just wanted to say, <laughs> I was you really hoping I was really hoping to be in snow. I was like, you sound so thrilled. <laughs> we didn't actually, we weren't in the snow. We just saw the snow around the town and the mountains. It's closer than I like. <laughs> we also got sunburned a lot just from walking around. We would put sunscreen on our faces every day, 
but the reflection of the sun at the high altitude on the buildings that were all white was very intense. And even with sunscreen and wearing hats and trying to stay out of it, we managed to get a little bit of sun on our faces every day, which we were a little bit frustrated at. <laughs> yeah. So what else did we do besides school and freeze? What activities? Yeah. So we did take the opportunity to see as much as we could of the in Sucre and the What area. was your favorite? What was your favorite activity? Was it the super awesome chocolate factory tour <laughs> where we didn't actually get to go into the chocolate factory? So I really wanted to do this chocolate factory tour. It's a company called Chocolates Parati. I love chocolate. So I, I love chocolate too and I love factory tours. But we this paid <laughs> involved neither of those things. We thought it was going to be a factory tour. We took a taxi over there, paid the seven dollar entrance fee and for both of us. And it was a little, what, 300 square foot room that was a mu- chocolate museum. And we didn't actually museum see the factory. Is, no, no, no. <laughs> we got it was a, It was a room with a fake chocolate tree and a PowerPoint presentation. And free chocolate. Not free. Uh, it was not free. <laughs> it wasn't and free chocolate. chocolate samples. So I would skip the chocolate tour, take your $7, and go buy some chocolate at the chocolate store. Yeah, the stores are where it's at. They have a lot of chocolate to buy and drinks, and it's all delicious. My other favorite thing, one of the things we did was go to the a lookout place. So there's actually two places you can see over the city. One is a mirador that was like, I don't know, 10-minute walk up a hill, and that was gorgeous you could see the whole city and then the other one was at this school church that's right near the main plaza that we walked over and knocked on the door and they let us in we paid a few bolivianos to go up to the roof and you could see the whole city that from a little bit closer point of view so those are my two one of some of the favorites how about you it was definitely the dinosaur footprints <laughs> rag on everything. (laughs) I wanted to do all these things and you didn't want to do them. (laughs) So we went to a what was dubbed the dinosaur park and basically it's a park a tourist attraction if you will. Parque Cartasio. It's a tourist attraction inside the grounds of the largest cement factory (laughs) in Bolivia. And so Basically, while they were excavating, looking for limestone and whatnot for their cement factory, they discovered this wall, like 120 or 150 foot by, I don't know, a thousand foot long sheer face, but it has a ton of different dinosaur footprints in it from basically what happened was when back when the dinosaurs were hanging out. It was flat and it was a lake and they walked on it and then it turned into fossils and then over the time it turned into a sheer face wall and they they uncovered it. So there's all sorts of dinosaur tracks and it's kind of neat. But I thought it was really cool, but it was in the middle of a cement factory, yeah, so we so had to wear hard hats. It was stuff. a combination of cement factory and shipping container storage lot so now you have to wear hard hats and walk through an industrial complex to look at (laughs) 
<laughs> to give this a little bit of context, Bolivia is a developing country and they are working on their tourism. So I think that part of that is they, they're figuring it all out. No, I 100% agree. I just, it was very cool, but it it was a little underwhelming. Yeah, that's true. It was a little under, 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 underwhelming. But cool footprints. Yeah. And speaking Actually, of- the coolest part wasn't the footprints. It was the life-size recreation dinosaurs they built. Yeah, Because there was like a brontosaurus that was 50 feet tall yeah. at least. Huge. So that was cool. And it was very anatomically correct. <laughs> and, and Meaning they- that you looked at the butthole of the dinosaur? I didn't. <laughs> this is a family podcast. <laughs> you can't say that. But that's what you were meaning. It it was anatomically correct. <laughs> anyway, so that was the dinosaur park. Speaking of dinosaurs, we actually ended up seeing the newest Jurassic Park movie in Spanish. Oh, nice segue. I know. In, so, in 3D. In 3D. And so there's a movie theater on top of one of the grocery stores there that we found that had on Wednesdays, you could get two tickets for the price of one. So we went to two movies while we were there, all in Spanish with no subtitles. So that tested our Spanish ability. But, I mean, Jurassic Park, there's not that much dialogue. So uh, we... They talked? Yes, but we could understand the context of the movie without um, understanding the full language. Anyway, the only <laughs> only bad part was the 3D glasses. <laughs> they Yeah, they don't, they don't take real great care of their 3D glasses. No. So it was a little um, scratched looking through. Just a little scratched. <laughs> looking through scratch lenses. But, it's but it was really cool. I'm glad we did that. And it was a good Spanish You got to quit complaining about poor Bolivia. You don't like their dinosaur footprints. I liked the dinosaur. And you don't like their 3D I liked glasses. the chocolate. No. I liked the lookout. Uh, where else did we go? City tour. Yeah, we did a walking tour. That was pretty neat. We should have done it in the first week instead of the last week. Yeah. So most cities in Bolivia and also in other South American countries are organized so that there's a main plaza. And so this tour took us around the plaza, but also took us further than that, which was nice because uh, we could see some other things that were not as touristy. So he pointed out restaurants to go eat and other places to go explore. There's also another beautiful park in Sucre that's uh, the plaza is beautiful, but there's also a, the Simon Boulevard Park, which has a fountain. And in the weekends at night, they have a fountain music display, kind it's, of like the Bellagio. Yeah, it's very similar to the Bellagio. <laughs> Maybe a little bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last kind of neat thing we did in while we were in the city was just on the outskirts of the city, there was a castle, in quotations, built back some years ago and (laughs) i don't remember how many years you're right and uh basically it was designed by like a a conglomerate of architects from different european countries so it's a weird sort of blend of different styles and then they painted it with animal blood and so it was like it used to be red and then it turned pink and now it's sort of rust yeah it's kind of a salmon salmon color but it's a it's sort of another example of the Bolivian tourist development project and in that you you pay to go in and usually if this was a house like if you think it was like the Biltmore estate or a museum in the US right it would be 
everything would be roped off and glass would be covering stuff. But it was just you basically paid and then you walked into this empty sort of abandoned house and you just got to walk around. And Mm -hmm. there was it was really creepy, actually. Yeah, it was kind of creepy. We're the only people there for most of the time we spent. And there was empty like showcase like plexiglass showcases that clearly at one point had been a a display but were just empty now. And so it was basically just walking around someone's abandoned castle. Which yeah. which honestly, if I was gonna see a, something like that, I think I would prefer that rather than over commercializing it. Oh yeah. Like, like the ghost tour we saw on the Queen Elizabeth in or the Queen Mary too in <laughs> You're jumping way all over. I'm the just place. saying it wasn't a ghost tour. It had way too many special effects. Yeah, no, it was just creepy because you're the only people in this yeah. massive castle yeah. that used to be a tourist attraction that no longer is. So, so. that was kind of neat. I would say for like the $1 it cost to go in, it was probably worth it. Yeah. It's also interesting to note that the castle is inside of a military base. Yeah. Which it didn't used to be. but uh, So you actually have to cross into a military zone. To get to the castle. To get to the castle. Just so I think they put all of their tourist attractions <laughs> either in construction zones or military zones. I don't know. But the we, name of that castle is the La Glorieta Castle. We'll yeah. post some pictures, but feel free to look it up too. It's really pretty. Oh, and it's haunted because our Spanish teacher used to work there. Oh, yeah. And she told us lots of stories about ghosts that people saw. See, I, I've, it was right for me to feel creeped out. Yeah. <laughs> but we didn't see no ghosts. So before we move on, I have two more things to say about Sucre. One is I want to ask you, what did you think of the cemetery? It was disturbing. Oh, I thought it was fascinating. So, so yeah, they do cemeteries a little bit different. Rather than burying people, I'm, there was some people buried. Actually, it was all of the, the babies. Yeah, which the was, children were buried. Which was a little hard oh, to look at. Sad. But but they, they sort of stack like mausoleums up like five or six tall yeah but then at the edge of them it's a and it was evident in the 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 stores surrounding the cemetery which it's a huge cemetery and they sell like decorative basically think of them as like a a shadow box picture frame yeah that's what it looks like which is so people in front of the mausoleum so people will get these really ornate sort of maybe 10 inch deep by two foot by two foot square boxes and they'll fill them with flowers and trinkets things that remind them of the person and they'll and, have a and, writing like their name and the dates and, and and then a lot of times there's pictures and so you know it's it's a much more real experience than like you walk through an old cemetery in the u.s or in most places and it's just a name and a date but here it's you you see basically a lot about this person's life and it yeah. it, it kind of messes with your head a little bit especially the section we went through that was all children and it was you know toy cars and yeah. and dolls that and, was really hard no so but we had heard that the cemetery was beautiful so we wanted we took one <laughs> afternoon to walk there and check it out and it was worth it but it was a little bit disturbing and but fascinating it also kind of sets you straight yeah yeah exactly it's a little bit of a reality kick right yeah so thank you for bringing that up well i thought it was really cool the the other thing were the markets in 
in our mercados in Sucre. There's two of them, and these are like fruits and vegetables and meats and cheeses and that type of all all types of stuff. In the central market, it's a little bit more expensive and it's a little smaller, but the bigger markets a little bit outside of the city. It's huge, like blocks and blocks and blocks of different stores and stalls and everything. Uh, and we had a lot of fun exploring the markets. We also got ripped off a couple of times because we're gringos. The gringo tax. But one of our favorite parts about the markets was going to get fresh juice. And these were, imagine like a line of maybe eight women all with these little stalls. And they had this, any type of fruit you could think of, they had there. And you could just point and tell them what fruit you wanted, mix it up. They put it in a blender and give you fresh juice, which was incredible and delicious. Yeah. And somebody was paranoid about the water. Well, and so we always got ours with milk instead of water. Yeah. And then one day we had three or four of these. <laughs> we went a little overboard. And we we realized we're both somewhat lactose intolerant. <laughs> yeah, it kind of messed us up, didn't it? And we? back to the beginning when we mentioned how cold it was, so we didn't want to open our windows. <laughs> so it was, it, was a, it was a long night. <laughs> yeah, it was a funny night. <laughs> but so anyway, after all of these things, after your success at the chocolate factory you took me on another tour i did so i was super excited about this and you were too i'm Uh, I'm still excited (laughs) we went on a four-day tour of the bolivian salt flats and we also had not planned on doing this but when we were in sucre i started doing a little more research about it and was i decided we were so close we had to go took two buses about eight hours total to get there. So unfortunately, the day before we were leaving to go on this tour, Chris got sick with some sort of flu bug and he had the chills and the aches. No, no, no. I didn't have the chills. (laughs) I was so cold that I was under every blanket we owned with my coat and every piece of clothing I owned Yeah, and still shivering. I know. I know. I felt so bad. (laughs) But the cool part was then I'd wake up in the middle of the night dripping in sweat. I know. So anyway, that was a good time to get sick. (laughs) We almost didn't go on the tour, but he convinced me that we should, even though I told him we should cancel it. No, no. You didn't tell me we should cancel it. We were on the bus. Well, no. leaving Leaving the city. We're out in the middle of nowhere. And you go... I'm getting off this bus. Because <laughs> you were... So picture this. He's like halfway laying in this seat, completely ghost white. Hold on. I wasn't looking. halfway laying in my seat. My seat was broken, <laughs> and I couldn't do anything other than recline. That's true. So I didn't have a whole lot of options other than lay down. <laughs> it was it was awful. So you were going to make me were, get off the you bus. Were so, you looked terrible, and I felt so bad for making you go on this bus. So I was going to just get us off the bus and go back to our apartment and just In say, the middle Screw of the it. desert. We were, we were get like off. 20 minutes outside the city. We could have just gotten a taxi back. Yeah, there was ton- yeah, there was, there there was were. lots of taxis. We we'll were just, still in town. We'll just call an Uber. <laughs> there, were, there were still... We were still part of on the outskirts of town. So anyway, before you distracted us, we were we're so going we, to the Bolivian Salt Flats. Yeah. So anyway, we didn't get off the bus, and we made it to the first night. We stayed in a town called Potosi, which is a few hours away from Sucre. Then we went to the next day to to Pisa, and 
Tapiza is a beautiful city. We did not realize what it was going to be like, but it, it reminds me of like the terrain in like Utah. Or like Arizona. go to think of think Moab, but then replace all of the tourist shops with Italian pizza stores. <laughs> yeah, there were I, everyone had Italian. I think what happened. This is my theory on why. And your theory must be right. It's most likely correct. I think one person opened a pizza shop and it was popular and then everybody in the town changed their stores to be pizza shops. <laughs> That's the only explanation for why every store sold pizza and pasta. It might have been. I don't know. But you were feeling slightly better by the time we got there. Yeah, I had a lot of cream of tomato soups and pizza. So yeah, you ate a lot of cream of so potato, it's, it's, cream of potato soup. Is that what you? It's said? a mix between Moab and Venice. <laughs> okay, in in the south part of Bolivia. Right. Anyway, we stayed there. It's one also night. wait. Sorry to interrupt. I've had some wine. It's really close to where Butch Cassidy uh-huh. and the Sundance Kid were killed. So it is. We can, saw their hotel or a hotel named after them. Same. same <laughs> totally the same thing. Yeah, so it's a very pretty city, town. Yeah, if we would have realized how gorgeous it was, we probably would have planned an extra day to stay there and do another tour, um, like a day tour around that area, but we did not. So we left the next morning. Thankfully, Chris was feeling better at this point, and we had a four-day, three-night trip planned We with five of us total, three other people and our driver in a... Um, so that's six people total. Yeah. For those counting. Yeah. In a SUV. Not an SUV. A Toyota Land Cruiser. Oh, sorry. A Toyota Land Cruiser. The f- six of us spent the next four days driving uh, most of the time in the car throughout South... It was an SUV. <laughs> <laughs> throughout Southwestern Bolivia. And so just to give us a little bit of context... Sucre is at 9,000 feet, like we said. Tapiza is also at 9,000 feet, just over. Uyuni, where the tour ended, is at 12,000 feet. But between that, during the whole four-day tour, we stayed the uh, at between 12,000 feet and over 16,000 feet. So we were at pretty high altitude for the whole time. And I was a little bit concerned about this. We both were taking Diamox the whole time because we knew we did not want to be really sick the whole time. So for those of you wondering, like, man, somebody who was just really sick, I bet that didn't go well. Yeah, you're right. It didn't go well. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, Chris was feeling better. And so he had wanted to go on this tour. And the first day was good. Yeah, I think once beautiful. we once we cracked like 14,000 feet, I started having a really bad headache. I woke up the second morning with a headache and it basically a headache and nausea until probably until we got out onto the salt flats, until we came down. Yeah. But then we were still at the Anyway, but, but the salt flats are at like 12,000, so yeah. we were lower. So anyway, bottom line, Chris felt sick the whole whole trip. However, but it's he's a incredible. good sport. You were a good sport. I felt so bad because we, being up that high, we were staying, or it was very, very cold. The days were beautiful and fairly warm, but the nights were freezing, like 5, 10 degrees. And we were staying in these basic hostels that had no heat, 
uh, no insulation, nothing but like a little concrete slab for with a mattress on it for your bed. So it was cold. And the tour company had told us that they would be bringing us sleeping bags. They did. <laughs> they went to Kmart and they got they got the $15 sleeping bag that you buy your, your kid when they're going to their first sleepover. Yeah. So we had every piece of clothing that we owned on us at night and slept... And it was cold, but we we survived. And the last night, actually, we got to stay in a salt hotel, which was also cold, but they had a a double bed instead of a single bed, so we could cuddle for warmth, which was helpful for you and me. I was going to say me. (laughs) Well, you were especially cold the whole time because you were sick. Anyway, disregarding the fact that you were sick, what was your favorite part about the four days? Hmm... The last day on the salt flats was pretty amazing. And I think even though I wasn't feeling well up at the high altitudes, like driving through a desert at 15,000 feet, and but then all of a sudden there's a lake. But instead of being a lake, it's basically filled with borax. And you think, oh, that's an that's ice. And it's not. It's piles of salt or piles of borax. I don't know. It was just sort of unlike any place that you've ever been. So Yeah, it was almost like being on another planet. All of the four days, like you're just driving and you can't stop looking out the window because it's one thing after the other. We saw all of these lagoons that were different chemical compositions and because they're Not different. legumes. That's beans. I said lagoons. I know. <laughs> just thought I'd throw that out Yeah, there. I had a little wine. No. Anyway, we there were different colors. We saw a green and red and um, white. It was incredible. And then there were hot springs. What are you laughing at? <laughs> you naming colors it was funny. Oh. <laughs> I'm just remembering the lakes in yeah, my head no, and they're how hot. beautiful they were. Yeah. We also swam in hot springs, which was amazing. And my favorite part, which you didn't ask. I don't need to ask. It's the damn flamingos. I know. There's flamingos. So we've got, we, we filled up three one terabyte hard drives with no, flamingo that's pictures. That's not true. Four? Four? No, I have like 50 pictures of the flamingos. But we saw so many flamingos and they were my favorite part because you would just not expect them to be there. Like, why would flamingos live in the middle of this high, high desert? And this really harsh environment, but they were there, and it was awesome. That yeah, was my favorite no, it was a great, it was a great tour. And I would, I was just gonna throw three tips out for people who are thinking of doing this trip. Number one, a lot of the tours start in Uyuni and end in Uyuni, and start in Tupiza, or we actually recently learned you can start in the Atacama Desert in Chile. And come up that way. We've also learned that's a little bit more expensive because you start yeah, in Chile. But do definitely don't start in Uyuni and end in Uyuni for a couple of reasons. One, the town of Uyuni is way over touristy. Yeah. And as such, it's it's just not a great place. It's just kind of like a, a shell of a town. Yeah. I didn't really like it. No, and it wasn't nearly as pretty as Tapiza. The other bonus to doing a different tour than most people do is you spend most of your trip by yourself. So a lot of the times we would go to the lakes or wherever we went and there was maybe one other tour 
at the most. So that's that's one bonus. The other, the second tip was again, don't trust the whole sleeping bag bait and switch. Bring your own sleeping bag. And number three, whatever you're consuming throughout this trip is being carried with you in your vehicle. So if you're really cold on the first day and you drink all of the hot <laughs> cocoa mix, you're kind of hosed for the rest of the trip because... Someone drank all the hot cocoa mix. I didn't realize <laughs> that that was all the hot cocoa mix we had for the four days. <laughs> yeah, I know. You screwed and I all was, of us. I was cold and sick, <laughs> and I thought, wow, we'll get another one of these tomorrow, and then we didn't. <laughs> yeah, because you drink it all. So either bring your own hot cocoa mix or don't be a pig. Right. Those are your choices. Yes. Also, we didn't mention, too, I know, well, Chris mentioned that we went to the salt flats, but the last morning, you get up really early at 4 a.m., and you drive out to the middle of the Bolivian salt flats and you get to watch the sunrise, which was incredibly cold, but incredibly beautiful. And then we got to spend the morning out on the salt flats, taking a lot of pictures, which it's a environment that I've never seen. And I don't think it really exists many other places on earth, but it's just so flat and so white that you can do these different perspective photos. So we did a, had a lot of fun with that with the other people that we were with. So we'll definitely post some of those photos on our blog. And that was, I don't know, that was a really cool part. That was my second favorite part over the flamingos. Also, if you use two pieces of tours, you might get our tour guide, which he was super cool because he was an engineer for like six or seven years. And then he quit being an engineer because he was sick of it and just wanted to go do something more fun. And now he runs tours. So yeah, we we bonded over that. He was an electrical engineer, which, as we know, is one of the better engineers <laughs> out there. I'm just a little biased. No. He did only speak Spanish, but... No, he did not. He understood he a lot of English. He spoke English probably better than we know, but he was he was pretending not to. That's true. I think he understood a lot of English, but he was afraid to speak it. We understood a lot of Spanish. We didn't speak it very well, but we uh, we got along really we well for the four days. We did lots of hand gestures. He yes. was awesome. Yeah, he was great. And if anyone's curious, too, like the four-day tour for both of us, all of our lodging and food included, was just under $400. And then the park fees on top of that for the national parks were $60. So just under $500 for both of us for four days for this incredible tour we thought was really reasonable. You probably want to add a couple of dollars to bring extra hot cocoa powder. <laughs> And a sleeping bag. Yep. So next week, yep. nothing happens, but in two weeks. So before you say that, after we went to uni or the salt flats, we went back to Sucre for a couple of days, packed up all of our things, and then we flew to Santa Cruz, Bolivia, which is only an hour Did, flight. Is that when we had the pizza? Did we get the pizza deal? Remember the pizza deal? In Sucre? Yeah. That might have been, yeah. Or so, right before. so there was a restaurant called the Joyride Cafe, and you could get a pizza that was three feet by two feet, so six feet square of pizza. <laughs> yeah. And if you get this pizza, you get a free bottle of wine. So we went and split it with all of our Spanish school friends. Yeah, there were six of us, I think. Anyway, just thought I'd talk about the pizza. I was say Sucre, one thing we didn't mention about Sucre, we had a lot of fun exploring the different restaurants and trying a lot of different foods. 
not our healthiest month, I would say, but no, <laughs> it was fun. To, they, just a lot of great restaurants. So back to what I was saying, we spent the next nine weeks in the Bolivian jungle working at or volunteering with an organization called Etta Projects, which we, we worked with in college. It. We've, got a, we've got another episode. I know, but I'm just giving them some context. We did not leave Bolivia right away. While we were in the jungle, we met a woman who was there doing research and she was... A young lady. Okay. She's a she, woman too. She is, but she's a young lady. Okay. We interviewed her, and her interview will be in two weeks, so you have that to look forward to. That was my point. She's a nurse and was doing research on Chagas disease out near one of the com- in one of the communities near where we were at. Yes. So it's a really cool episode. She talks a little bit about some of the cool jobs she's had. and Also, if you don't mind, let us know if you like these episodes. We are st- struggling a little bit with... We like the interviews a lot. We struggle a little bit when it's just us two. So but we're... this time we tried it with wine. I know. It helped a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Tell us, with wine or without wine, <laughs> yeah. what do you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our website is adventureforgood.com. We have show notes there. You can find a lot of photos. We will post them all with this episode. But we post multiple photos every day on Instagram. I was going to say, the best place to find photos for of us or for our tra- from our travels is on Instagram. You can find us there at underscore adventure for good, the number four. We're also on Facebook under the same name. I think that's it. Get some more wine. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Are we done? Ciao.